0: Well, welcome to our follow-up of our Sunday morning message that we took from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11, which outlined Paul's strategy and how we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ might engage in the battle against sin and uh, be able to experience overcoming power in this battle against sin. It's obvious that Paul is addressing this issue of the battle of sin in verses 1 to 11. As verse 5 and verses 8 and 9 have identified all the things that Paul says, these are the things that harm you. These are the things that can pull you down as a Christian. Battle against them. Overcome them. Don't let them have their grip on you. And so as we considered Sunday, the suggestion was, That the deeper our relationship with Jesus, the weaker the grip of sin. And so we talked about four words that help us nurture our relationship with Jesus. That help us enter into that battle with sin and be able to overcome. And those four words are new, protect, renew, and together. Now, I thought on Sunday it would have made the sermon way too long if I were to share this illustration then. So I'd like to take a few minutes today to give you the illustration that I think will help us understand what I mean by a strategy and how this all works together. And that illustration is Christian marriage. I think Christian marriage is a really faithful to the scriptures illustration of our walk with God. After all, we are the bride of Jesus. Uh, God talks to us a lot about how He loves us as a bride. Uh, he compares our relationship with Him in Ephesians 5 as being the same as a relationship between Jesus and the church and husband and wife. And so let's think about Christian marriage. As an illustration of these four principles that we outlined together on Sunday. First, the word new. Now, think about what happens when you get married. All kinds of new experiences when you get married. There's physical intimacy, there's rearing of children, there's the experience of security in a relationship. There's emotional safety, which I think is a real important component of a healthy Christian marriage. There's someone who has your back. There's someone who unconditionally loves and accepts you. This this is all the new things that you have. And you walk into that marriage, and all of a sudden you've got all these these new dynamics that are there, and you go, Whoa, this is really cool. I'm married. All this new stuff is going on. The same happens when we come to faith in Christ. We have lots of new experiences. Instant presence of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, which, well, that just blows your socks off. When you think about how the Holy Spirit walks with you and guides with you and nurtures you and warns you and and picks you up, and, and He is just there with us all the time, There's there's that newness of... The Holy Spirit who lives within us, and then we've got um, the uh, the freedom of, of being free from guilt and shame, because we are forgiven. We don't have that weight anymore. It's the the weight of sinfulness is gone, and that's brand new. Uh, we've got we've got a new perspective on life, and we're seeing things we never used to see before. I remember talking to a guy who just came to Christ and. He told me, he says, you know, Scott, he says, I went home to my house and I opened up the picture window and I said, wow, I have a backyard. (laughs) And all these new things flood into the life of someone when they first come to Christ. And so there's instant fellowship with believers. There's that newness that we experience. But not only newness of life, but there's also a new status. When a person gets married, there's a new status with the government you're now a married couple your tax status is different uh, your liabilities are different uh, the government looks at you you're not single anymore you're now married before God when we come to faith in Christ there's a new status too the old identity of singleness is gone when you get married when you become a Christian the old identity of being a non-christian is gone Bible tells us in verses 9 and 10 that we take off the clothes of singleness and put on the clothes of married, applied to our relationship with Jesus. See, before we came to Christ, we were dressed in a, a yellow jumpsuit with, with the name of the prison on our back. <laughs> That's the clothes we wore. And God treated us like that. When we came to Christian, verse 9 and 10 tells us, We took off that yellow jumpsuit and we put on the new clothes. And God now looks upon us and dresses us in a leather jacket and cool Michael Jordan high tops. And we can prance. We've got a new identity before God. Just like a person who is married, they're no longer single, now they're married. We used to be non Christian, now we're christian before god a new status we go on that honeymoon we can enjoy the newness of our new christian life we'll then protect this new life we all know in a christian marriage when the honeymoon is over then the reality sets in and we begin to really grapple with living together things happen that irritate disappoint There are things where where we step on each other. We offend each other. And you know what? It's still possible to act like a single person when you're married. (laughs) You can. When you're married, you can still get self-centered. You can still meditate on the sensuous indulgences of singleness. But you're now married. And if you did those things you'd be ruining your new marriage. You've got a brand new life, a new status. Protect it. Same as with our Christian life. We need to hate those things that harm the new life. Um, In a Christian marriage, we have things that harm our marriage. Um, We want to protect our marriage from those things. Maybe you have bad friends that that are just toxic friends. Well, not to be insensitive to them, but they might not be the best people to be close, intimate friends with. Protect that new marriage. Same as with Jesus. Protect the newness of your life with Christ. Well, four ways of doing that is to hate anything that harms starve the sinfulness that might come back avoid the activities that are harmful to your marriage um, address things that you do over and over over which you do have some type of control what causes conflict between you when my wife and I first got married we had one bank account and two checkbooks <laughs> guess what happened we fought about money uh, well what do you do well, I guess we consolidate down to one checkbook. And that's what we did. All of a sudden, we protected our marriage. Isolate your sinfulness. Uh, if you can control the environment in your marriage, uh, the influence that comes at you from the outside world will have little control on you. Put a block on your TV and other devices. Same with your walk with God. Isolate the sinfulness. Just don't go around those things anymore. Think about how you might be able to get free from the places where sin happens, where your relationship with God is um, affected. Same as your Christian marriage. And finally, overwhelm sinfulness with love for your spouse in a Christian marriage. This is my favorite advice that I've ever received, both for marriage and for my walk with God. Find a way to overwhelm sin with that which is good. Pursue things that nurture your relationship in your Christian marriage. Find ways to uh, do things together. Find things you love to do together. Same with your relationship with God. Find things in the way that you relate to God that you love to do. Not everybody likes to journal. I, I don't like to journal, so I don't journal but I walk and pray. I love to walk and pray. Well, if that nurtures my relationship with God that it, it overwhelms sinfulness if I'd walk and pray. In order for our Christian lives to be healthy, pursue Christ. Do things that increase your hunger for him. And so, celebrate new, protect, and then renew. Think about a Christian marriage. Are you able in your Christian marriage to go to your spouse when you fail and say, I'm sorry? When you do, doesn't that just make your relationship stronger? We all will fail our spouses. We'll all do something that, that we don't intend to do. We'll all hurt our spouses. Same with God. We don't intend on purpose, I hope, to hurt God. But when we do, what do we do? Well, we renew Here's the verses that I build my idea of joyful repentance on. It's from Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Do not offer any part of yourself as sin as an instrument of wickedness. Stop. Offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Renew. And then offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Move in the same direction. What is it in your marriage that always trips you up? Think about that. And then begin to think about, well, what I want to do in my life is I want to renew. Every time I slip up, I want to renew. What's your issue with God that causes you to slip up? Um, Renew in that relationship with God. My issue before God a lot of times is... um, my imagination of being a Christian superhero <laughs> isn't that silly sometimes I find myself thinking about that and I just laugh um, I thought the other day about how much fun it would be to be the spiritual advisor to the president I mean good grief and I thought Scott where in the world are you going with that and I just started to laugh before God and I thought God this is not a good thing for me to be thinking about I'm sorry I stop and I turn to you and I turn from it And and that's renewal. See, we all have our issues. Present yourself to God. Renew. And then do it together. Think about fellowship in the local church. I've got a young man that, a good friend of mine, he's not so young anymore. He was 40 years ago, but I I had the opportunity to disciple him as a Christian. And I met with him every week for like, Four or five years. And we entered into that relationship as pastor and disciple. We grew out of that relationship as the closest and best friends. Um, we still talk together, and whenever we get together, it's just like we never left each other. Together, we've been walking with God together and encouraging one another. I encourage us to do the same thing in our Christian marriages. Nurture the things together, but that illustration of a Christian marriage then flips over into our walk with God. We are the same in Christ. Um, Together we walk with God. We make it a top priority. Faye and I have been thinking recently of the day when I won't be able to be an interim pastor anymore. Where do we want to live? You know what our number one priority is? We need to find a good church. Because we know that unless we're together in a good church, the temptation and the battle against sin will be too much for us to handle alone. So this is just an illustration I wanted to share with you. Christian marriage. Think about all the things in the Christian marriage and apply that to your walk with God. And as you nurture a Christian marriage, the same principles you use will nurture your walk with God. I remember when I was teaching high school, one of my friends on the faculty that I've been witnessing to came up to me one day and he says, Scott, what do you mean by a personal relationship with Jesus? And as we talked, I discovered he'd never really understood that faith was more than attending church following the prescribed ceremonies and rituals, doing his religious duty, and then going home. He never thought it could be anything more than that. And so I had the opportunity to talk to him about relationship with God and about how nurturing a relationship with God and experiencing his presence and the newness that he gives really enhances the Christian experience. Like the difference between China dogs and a stuffed dog. When I was a kid... I collected China dogs. My dad made me a shelf. I put it on the wall. And for Christmas and birthday, my grandparents would give me little China dogs. And I'd put them up there and I'd have all the different breeds and everything. Why would I want to focus on China dogs when I could have the real thing? When I could have a dog that would lick me, that would bark at me and run around with me, that would poop and pee on the carpet (laughs) and go through all the things of life with me man's best friend. As fun as it was to collect China dogs, there's nothing like Chappy, my real dog. That's what it means to walk with Jesus. He's not just some religious figure up here. He's not just some some guy that's distant. Paul says Christ is in us. He's in all of us. And he lives his life through us, through all of us. The Christian life is a living, dynamic walk with Jesus. And when we experience that dynamic walk with Jesus, the weaker will be the temptation to indulge the sensuous nature, and the stronger will be our experience of newness and joy that we walk with Jesus. That's Paul's strategy. That's an illustration, I think, that will help us to apply it to our Christian lives.